All right. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Between Seasons podcast. <laughs> I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm tempted to break into a musical number. I'm David. Yes. Well, you are in the right place for that. That's right. Uh, because it's uh, because it's new, and we haven't really talked about a, a, a contemporary cartoon in quite some time. Uh, uh, what was the last one we did? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, um, didn't we do the... Well, sure. I, no, we did the um, Earth Spark. Oh, that's episode. right. Oh, yes, and I guess we also did those uh, Netflix um, War for Cybertron. Oh no! Shows. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> they didn't air on broadcast TV. I'm not counting them. <laughs> okay, then. I well, have this, uh, this... chosen to forget that I ever had that experience. So, but but then, how will you ever remember that sometimes appearances are more than meets the eye? <laughs> Appearances can be more than meets the eye. It's like they literally cannot. My my nephews apparently enjoyed that show, and I may have to disown them. <laughs> uh, we did go for a show with a Transformers connection here. So yes. uh, we are watching Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, uh, starring Diamond White, uh, Rescue Bots' Frankie Green, as the titular Moon Girl. Yay! Yay! She gets to be the star now. Yes. And she gets to sing the theme song. She does. She gets to do much more singing than Rescue Bots ever allows. So, uh... Well, she, she was in that one musical. Did she, did she sing in the Midwinter episode? No, that had a song, but it did not... It was not sung by her. It was sung by uh, country star Clint Black. For some reason. Weren't there two songs in that episode, weirdly? No, I think there was one song in that episode, and then a second song in a different episode by uh, Clint oh, Black. Oh, right, by the same. Like, okay, World to the Rescue or something. Yeah. By Clint Black. By yes. legitimate country music star Clint Black. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, like, I used to pay a lot of attention to voice actors back when I watched a lot of anime and, and post-Beast Wars. When I was like, oh, hey, Dinobot is also Piccolo. That's cool. And then they replaced the voice cast. But I didn't realize her name was Diamond White. Yes. It's like, oh, that's cool. It's it's Mm -hmm. like a... It's a great name. Yeah, I I remember getting that Pokemon game. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's a very descriptive uh, reason it's Pokemon Day here. So this show just premiered this year. Uh, This is the sixth episode, uh, The Beyonder. Ooh, uh, yes. we, we we chose it because, uh, of course, we all love Secret Wars 2 here. <laughs> yes. I really well, need to actually... Two aspects of Secret Wars 2. I but. really need to actually read that while I try to work up the courage to read old issues of Excalibur at work. <laughs> oh my god, yes! I, I mean... Oh, uh, I, I finally got a new tablet that can actually properly read things on it, uh. as opposed to a Kindle one. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't really done much with it yet, <laughs> other than download some apps, but... Because I thought, it's like, I mean, one, I do want it for the, the Marvel app, but it's like, what do I even want to read on it? I mean, there's some things I want to read that are probably too long, but Secret Wars! I've never read either Secret Wars! That's going Ooh. to the top of my list now. I have... And I got this specifically for this reason, but I do have... I'm pretty sure I, I snagged the issue of Secret Wars that Circuit Breaker shows up in in order to establish her as a Marvel-owned character ah. for, like, one panel. 
Yeah, so, so we, we decided to... Am I muted? Okay, nope, nope, we can hear you. Nope. Okay, my, my mic has been on for a while, and, and, and I've already had a blackout today. Very sure. Oh, no. Well, my computer's had a blackout, not me had a blackout. I wasn't drinking... Well, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yes, we decided not to do, like, the first episode, because it's like a two-parter. And beyond... Like, I remember seeing about this show, and, and then there was the trailer with the... Um, Childish Gambino theme song, which is not actually the theme song. Well, because it was just his song, they just right. did it for the trailer. It, it ends up Diamond White sings the theme song. But anyway, but like the third thing I saw about this show was shit. The Beyonders in it. I need to see that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Beyonder. He's ridiculous. Well, I I love ridiculous. Spider Man had to teach him how to poop. Character. Yes, I'm a little surprised that didn't come up in this episode. I was. I am. Like we're awesome. getting ahead of ourselves, but but like like him learning about Earth, it's like they're going to not make the actual poop joke. But I am shocked they did not make a reference to the poop joke, even just like a shot of a toilet or him looking at a bathroom door, like a restroom door. But no, her having to point him to the bathroom door. Something, yes, especially after the sandwich uh. scene. Which was weird. <laughs> Mostly, I'm just. Uh, I, I did recently read through the part where he kills all of the new mutants and then brings them back, and now they're all having existential angst because they're oh. teenagers. Oh, <laughs> I. Why am I so chatty today? Well, I guess I've had a frappuccino and I'm now having tea, so maybe I just have more caffeine mm. than usual in me. Mm. Since I don't drink coffee, that's but a I lot have of, frappuccinos now and then. That's a lot of caffeine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this show airs, it airs on the Disney Channel and on Disney Plus, although strangely not in Canada, so I was able to get it through my cable provider, so thank you, uh, Nathan Summers. <laughs> <laughs> Just shot it into my TV with a giant gun that kind of looked like a toaster. <laughs> there was a point where I, I needed uh, a crossover cable for something early in, in the internet days, and there was some sort of internet sharing tomfoolery going on in my apartment. And uh, we needed a crossover cable, and the the mnemonic there was it was the two worst things about the nineties: <laughs> crossovers and cable. Yeah, I, I tried to order one online, but they just sent me a, a trade paperback of the Executioner's song. <laughs> I was thinking Fatal Attractions, but yes, Ooh, or he's a Fatal Attraction, or the Extinction Agenda. Uh yeah. Which I one do, of those I is the worst, say- and which one's the best? Fatal Attractions had a terrible play on being about Magneto, but it did not yes. have a terrible play on the letter X. So, no. and it, it's the one where uh, Wolverine gets his adamantium yoinked out. <laughs> oh, so it's at least <laughs> notable, if not great. Yes. Well, it's the one that had the little hol- like uh, trading card size holograms on all oh, the yeah, little holograms cards. on it. Yeah, I still have all of those. I bought them like. That wasn't even a used bookstore find. That was something that I bought as it was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so this was written by Halima Lucas, who's uh, also directed a bunch of short films and written episodes of that new uh, Rugrat series. Oh. Oh. Do any of those have the Beyonder? Sadly, no. Probably. <laughs> Tommy Pickles meets the Beyonder. <laughs> then you get the jokes about learning how to poop. Yes. So, first off, this has very appealing animation. Like, a lot yes. of Marvel's recent animated offerings have had a a somewhat unremarkable visual style, but this one is very stylized and 
like yeah, very brightly colored, and it really pops. Well, because for the longest time they were like trying to ape like the Bruce Tim Batman Justice League sort of style without quite doing that. Like, um, oh, uh, Extreme X Men is that what it was called? Extreme X Men. No, uh, the, um, no, that was a Claremont oh, Wolver- series from well Wol- after he should not have been allowed to write anymore. Wolverine and the X Men. <laughs> the one before that one. What was it called? Uh, X Men Evolution. That w- yes, that was. It, oh, that's I, the one. Yes, I know. It had a stupid X. No, X Men Evolution had very good character designs. It yeah. just had a lot of other questionable choices. Also, an extremely gothy rogue. Yes. Yes. I mean, I didn't say it was bad. I'm just saying they were trying for that sort of feel for Marvel mm-hmm. animated stuff for a while, and it never quite hit. I mean, I think the, the X Men Evolution probably was the best of them. At least that I saw. Well, also, even much more recent, even much more recently, you had the What If series, but that was really just trying to be a mu- that much more realistic style because the idea was that it was MCU, yeah. But mm. you know, weird stories that they could bring people into the voice can the voice recording studio for, but not actually shoot. So that was animated that way because they weren't really aiming for the same audience as this. This is definitely a younger audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, actual kids. But this is really stylized. Like, it It kind of reminds me, in a weird way, not entirely quite, but um, animated. Transformers animated. Like I can see that. When I... First saw the designs, I wasn't sure about it, but once you see it in motion, it's gorgeous. Like, this show is... Mm-hmm. It, it's shocking. Like, it's one of the best cartoon animations I've seen in a while. It's... I love... I love this show. I'm, I'm tempted to watch more, even though, like, it feels like it's aimed more at, like, a Rescue Bots level audience, almost. Like, younger. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little older, but yeah. It just looks so good in motion. Yes. It does. It looks, yeah, it's really cool. Especially the Beyond. I did did find that uh, Lunella's friend Casey just kept reminding me of an LOL surprise doll. But other than that... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is a very doll-like design. I mean, I'll, 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 so, you know, some aspects of the character design and the, the characters themselves are definitely very uh, Generation Z, and we are too old to understand it. Yeah. I'm so old. But, oh, yes. like, I, I love the color palette in the show. It, yes. It's, it's vibrant and bright. Like, a bit of it is, like, okay, it's trying to ape sort of, like, the, the vibrantness of, like, uh, Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, like, not that hyper-colored style. And mm. skin tones! There's so many skin tones! Yes. Like, I, well, because we, we, we also watched X-Men and, like, they got, like, two skin tones for everybody. Yep. But, but this, it's and like... Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's nice to have a variety. We've got a bunch of white guys and Storm. Yes! I mean, the, the X-Men show definitely did better than other shows at the time. Yeah. But, and and part of that was that one of the executive producers on it was a black man. 
And there is a there there are episodes of that that absolutely get race very right, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the art is like there are a bunch of a, a variety of black characters to choose from. So it they, was still the nineties. So it's only it so was still good. the nineties, and it was still limited by the fact that they were working with the this very. I have a lot of opinions about how the X-Men cartoon ended up being much too tied to, like, the worst gen- the worst part, <laughs> the worst era of X-Men. The Australian part of that is that you... want to hear more about this... No, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go into that our, soon. Uh, yeah. Tune into our Patreon. I'll even do it with a, possibly I'll even do it with an appropriate accent. Okay. But... Uh, <laughs> But yes, this has... There was also an episode of X-Men Evolution that I was like, Larry Houston never would have let this episode happen. <laughs> that was... <laughs> where a, a witch doctor sort of guy comes from Africa. Oh, dear. Voiced by Blue Man Kuma, though. Ooh. Uh, looking to kidnap Storm back to her tribe. <laughs> I, I, must, I must kidnap you because God told me to. <laughs> That one was not so good. But yes, this definitely, like, feels like actual black people are working on this show. Yes. Very good. Well, in fact, many of them are, as this has quite an illustrious voice cast. You got Diamond White as the the lead. You've got uh, her parents, played by uh, SNL's Sashir Zameda. Okay. And uh, Mm -hmm. Jermaine Fowler, who was on that uh, Coming to America uh, sequel, okay. speaking of people going back to what? Africa. There was a sequel? <laughs> yes. Okay. I missed that. It was on it's fairly recent. Amazon or something? You got And you've got her, oh. parent, her grandparents, voiced by uh, the great Alfre Woodard from uh, Luke Cage and Star Trek First Contact, among many I other things. I was gonna say, if this, if this is MCU, what? then that makes the third character she's played in the MCU. Yeah. You've got uh, Gary Anthony Williams, who we have previously seen on uh, our Robots of Disguise, playing um, Crazy Bolt, that crazy lizard Ooh. car guy. That oh. episode was on the Pluto TV channel last night, as I had it on in the background while oh, I was wait, working no, on sorry, other I, stuff. So. Actually, no, I think he's the minicon of that guy. Oh, uh, oh, duh. what the hell was that guy's name? But he was great too. Slice dice, something like that. Yeah, I think that was oh, it. And, and, and he's also Uncle Ruckus on um, <gasps> Uncle Ruckus <laughs> uh, on the Boondocks. I love hate Uncle Ruckus. And he was uh, Bebop in that second yes. uh, Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie. Also on Pluto TV occasionally. Yeah, sorry, I didn't recognize the name, but once you said that, it's like, oh yeah, he's he's Bebop. He and Rocksteady are by far the highlights of that film. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, and, and we're getting a new TMNT cartoon that, or movie that I somehow don't care about. I don't know why. And uh, and the titular Beyonder here, uh, voiced by the producer of this show, uh, oh. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, doing, well, m- most of it's his own voice, but, like, he's going... Up and down the register. And it's interesting. It's so fun. much fun. Yeah. I mean, often, like, Lawrence Fishburne is just sort of doing his very calm Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Morpheus you know, stuff. What if I told you? 
etc., <laughs> etc. Et but, but here he's here he's clearly playing around and having a great. He's time. singing. Yes, <laughs> I didn't know he could sing. No, I, I don't think I've ever seen Lawrence Fishburne singing anything. I mean, I'm not surprised, but no. like, he feels like a very Broadway guy. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're not starting with the pilot, but uh, apparently all we really need to know is that Moon, that Lunella Lafayette, aka Moon Girl, is a child genius who actually opened a portal which disgorged the gigantic red Tyrannosaurus Devil Dinosaur. Who was a who was a Jack Kirby creation from his bizarre late seventies return to Marvel? Yeah, yeah he was when, when doing he was allowed some, to fuck around. Some very interesting I mean that that also spawned uh, the Eternals and uh, Machine Man. So it's a mixed bag between Machine Man was cool, boring Eternals and Machine Man craziness of joy. And I then, think the Eternals aren't inherently boring. That movie no, was just... The movie was boring, and I, I'm still bothered that they're part of the Marvel Universe. They would be okay as their own separate thing, but mm. they're not. M- much like the New Gods, you shouldn't have made it part of DC. <laughs> Except for Darkseid. Darkseid is awesome. Well, you know what? They shouldn't have made Watchmen part of DC anyway, but here That's we worse. are. Yes. I mean, you you can't really credit them. Getting, I mean, Kirby himself put the new gods in the DC universe. You guys remember that his oh, first, um, you know, he did those new gods books, but he also took over Jimmy Olsen. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because he brought the um. Oh, what the fuck were the the younger new gods called? The idiots with the with with the big weird car. The uh, forever people. <laughs> yes, those are ridiculous. The, the ones that nobody remembers. I mean, you do, obviously. Yeah. No. I remember what their car looks like, but I don't remember them. <laughs> that was some extremely of its time material. I mean, it's definitely Jack Kirby trying to sort of understand hippies. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like, he's trying, but Jack Kirby was simply too square. Yeah. He tried. Oh, God, I'm looking at them. They they should totally be like a Super Sentai team. <laughs> Ridiculous color-coded weirdos with their own insane bike car thing. Yeah. Oh, magnificent and, and stupid. Anyway. And anyway, uh, Devil Dinosaur voiced by veteran voice actor uh, Fred Tatashore. <laughs> oh, it's not like D. Bradley Baker or someone making animal noises. Well, Tatashore is also another. He's like one of the animal noise guys. Oh, he is? I, uh, he also voices the Hulk in a ton of stuff. He's been on Transformers. He well, was. Uh, he's sure. the one who was the uh, the the air bison in Avatar, right? I'm gonna say yes. I think he's the one. No, I think he's the one who I, was Appa. I thought that was Dee Bradley Baker. Wait. No, maybe that was Dee Bradley Baker. Okay. Yeah. Frantascator not- was Megatron in something or other. I believe uh. so. And yeah, he's been. He, yeah, a ton of stuff. Plays the Hulk a lot. He's. Uh, uh, he was rock steady on uh, on that CG Ninja Turtles. Everybody's rock steady. Oh, he he was Megatron in War for Cybertron, the games. Oh, in the games. Yes. Oh, and then he was also Saberhorn on Robots in Disguise, the sort of uh, uh, beetle ooh. guy from the Decepticon yeah. Island arc. Very Max Berry kind of mm-hmm. character. Yes. So yeah, he, he is in a, a tough stuff, and he is sort of one of your go-to uh, make an animal noise guys. 
who I have apparently not paid attention to before. <laughs> See, we, uh, so we open with uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur battling Stiletto, who is like kind of a fashionista stilt man. Which is very yes. cool. So is that not an established character? It is not. She she kind of looks like Lady Stilt Man. She does. Who is the, the lady version of Stilt Man. Yeah, I was going to say that there was a stilt yeah. woman somewhere. So I guess they just came up with a better name. They just made her better. Yeah. And, and in what is, was apparently a recurring bit on the show, there is Lawrence Fishburne narration about the backstory of this character that Moon Girl herself is hearing. <laughs> oh, I, I was wondering if that was a normal thing or if that was a just yeah. this episode thing. Oh, yeah. And of course, I only watched a, this episode. Yeah, there is also a theme song, and I appreciate this show has an actual theme song. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm really enjoying Earthspark, but no theme song. Bombs me out. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's more of a streaming thing. I don't know. But then again, mm. I only ever watch things on streaming. So maybe yeah. Earthspark's on Nickelodeon airing a lot. I don't know. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah I don't we need... know how even it is. Theme songs are good. I mean, it, it, or at least theme music that goes on for more than... 15 seconds, guys. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was one thing for Cyberverse when they only had 10 minutes for the entire episode, but yeah. a full full theme songs are good. Anyway, so she she does defeat Stiletto, despite the being directed by this, uh, this exposition that nobody else can hear. <laughs> <laughs> it is annoying. Yeah, so so we cut back to, to school. It is science fair season, as presented by her principal, played by uh, Craig Robinson, who uh, uh, you may know as the Pontiac Bandit on Brooklyn Nine Nine. What? I haven't watched Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was also on The Office. Uh... Anyway, so uh, you know, the, the, oh him, the first. Wait, where else have I seen yeah. him? Crap. He probably he does ads and everything too. I don't really watch ads most of the time. Where the fuck have I seen him? Now it's going to annoy me. Oh, he's yeah, been so, in a bunch of so, movies. Oh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, wait, have I seen oh, that? Oh, yes, he is in Hot Tub Time Machine. I think I've seen that, but I'm not positive. So, yeah, it's science fair season, and first prize is a tour of the Wakandan Outreach Center, which, of course, is very exciting. Yeah, especially if you're, you know, into science and a black kid in the city. Yes. Yes, and, and it's inter- they, they they mentioned, you know, that, you know, that she is black, which is not something that comes up on, at least in the cartoons of my youth, unless it was sort of the focus of the episode. Yes, yeah. unless it was a very special episode. I mean, you know, even in Rescue Bots, which is only about ten years old, the fact that Doc Green and Frankie are black does not come up. No, not really. No. I guess because probably with... I do feel like this is a little older than Rescue Bots. Yes. Because uh, with Rescue Bots, they're probably like... You know, kids may not be quite ready for that conversation yet. Uh, but they do specify... I, I did watch the first two-part episode, because uh, I wasn't sure if we were doing that or if we were doing this episode, and I was fine watching all of it anyway. 
because uh, I need to catch up now that all of my shows about Pedro Pascal escorting magic children are caught up on. <laughs> it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> at the but, same time. Uh, <laughs> running at the same time. Like, which one am I going to watch first? Uh, but they do live in the Lower East Side specifically. On well, In the comics specifically, it is Yancey Street. Ooh, oh, well, that's cool. The, uh, the, the former stomping grounds of uh, Benjamin J. Grimm. Ever-loving blue-eyed thing. That's right. The Idol of Millions. <laughs> Which means she sticks Devil Dinosaur on the thing every once in a while. Oh, wait. Did, didn't they relocate the Baxter building to Yancey Street or something? Yes, they're, their headquarters are now for Yancey Street. <laughs> but, you know, it's a long street. And, I mean, it's... It's based on uh, Delancey Street, which was the actual street that Jack Kirby grew up on. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and he was also, likewise part of a sort of rough and tumble street gang. <laughs> yes. Also, in the the first episode, I don't think we got this particular establishing shot in the Beyonder episode, uh, but there is an establishing shot outside her home, uh, actually outside the bodega. Uh, where there is a yellow gold Volvo 240 station wagon, stylized, <laughs> sitting out on the curb. And I appreciate that a lot as someone who used to have a gold Volvo 240 station wagon. <laughs> Wait, so so there's a bodega? Yes. Is there a bodega cat? Probably. <laughs> there better be a bodega cat. I, I have been been informed that all bodegas should have a cat. The first episode has a lot of fun stuff about, like, the whole neighborhood, and it just really made me miss living, like, in an actual city. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. But yeah, they, they're they in the Lower East Side. Anyway, so, so Lunella, you know, partners for this science fair are randomly assigned, and she ends up with Eduardo, the class goofball. <laughs> Yes. Uh, who's voiced by Michael Cimino, who is not the same Michael Cimino who directed, like, The Deer Hunter. Oh, okay. Who is, like, 70 years old and dead. Oh, well, that, that would be funny. Oh, yeah, this is some young kid I've never heard of. But I, I you know, I he is really given a lot of personality in this and yes. is consistently amusing. Yeah. I Yeah, because he's... Annoying without actually being annoying. I mean, he's, he's kind of can, a space cadet. You can yeah. understand why he's annoying to her, but also you yes. like kind of sympathize. Yes, because he just had his thing he wanted to do. <laughs> he just wants <laughs> to drum on things with pencils. Yeah, he he his science fair project is basically that he has invented the the uh, stage show stomp. Yes, <laughs> and of course, Lunella wants to make a. An air filtration device. Yes. Which is definitely less interesting than drumming on empty cans. Yes. Maybe more yeah. impressive to adults, but certainly less interesting. Yeah. So so she you know, she she is convinced she's just gonna, you know, do all the work, have Eduardo sign his name to it and make him stay out of her way as much as possible. As is often the feeling when you're doing group projects. Yes. Yes. The worst thing in school ever. Yes. So she was... she heads to her to her secret lab, and it is there that she meets the Beyonder. Well, first she meets her dad, then her grandma. Yes. Then her principal, and yes, it's the Beyonder fucking mm -hmm. with her. Yes. 
And uh, yeah, this is uh, he he. I appreciate that he kind of has like the disco suit. Uh, yeah, that he wore in Secret Wars too. But, but it's it's modernized is the wrong word because it still feels retro, but also futuristic. I mean, he's very stylized. Yes, while still feeling very much like the old Beyonder, just a little less Elvis, more space weirdo. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he does not have the terrible eighties perm of his. Uh, <laughs> No, Secret Wars two counterpart, which is for the best. Big swoop of teal hair. Yes, his coat. Oh, he's teal and orange with black and white. Great, great color choices in the show. They everything pops. And she discovers that that in her little secret underground science lair, that the subway car she has down there has apparently always had the Beyonder painted on it, <laughs> <laughs> like his name in a logo font. He's got to have a logo font. Yes. I, has it always been... Jen, you've seen earlier episodes. Has there been graffiti on that subway car? I did... There was There was graffiti. I did not notice if there was specifically graffiti about the Beyonder, but in, I think, the second... The later half of the pilot episode, uh, she is at one point in front of a business that is called Battle World that is apparently just like a collectibles shop. Oh. That's a good name for a collectible shop. <laughs> also, considering the the first thing that the Beyonder did was gather up all of the heroes and make them fight. Yes. Hmm. And more meta, it was, of course, based around a toy line, where you yourself are supposed to gather all the heroes and villains and make them fight. Yes. Yes. So With that their is, little shiny shields. That's right. That, that is, in context, a pretty good name for a collectible shop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, so you know, much like uh, Q, he is here to evaluate humanity, and he has decided to make Moon Girl the the outlet via which he examines humanity. She, okay, she's, she's the, the smartest. Yeah, she's the Picard to his uh, to his Q. Yes. Yeah, and of course he, he introduces very something. very Q-y, except you know in ways that animation can do and syndicated TV live action in 1994 could not. Yes. Yeah, lots of floating and popping in and out of reality. Yeah, he introduce, introduces himself via musical number. It is fantastic. And, and then she cuts him off by unplugging his sound system. Yes. <laughs> and he also gives them... Uh, uh, she, we didn't mention her friend Casey. Uh, she rewards both Casey and Devil Dinosaur with uh, with great boons to uh, show off his power, by which I mean he gives Devil Dinosaur, like, enormous proportionally sized arms. Yeah. <laughs> And he has Casey followed on social media by Selena Gomez. Yes. <laughs> they are both very excited by this. And, you know, just, just like the, the the sort of wild takes of her looking at her social media feed. Yeah. <laughs> With all the little hearts popping up and yes. follower count rising. Yes. Uh. So, you know, she just tells him to scram cut to the next day at school. Of course, the Beyonder is there in a semi-human form, and also a giant clock around his neck, like Flava Flav. <laughs> Smaller, yeah. proportionally more her age. Yes. E- even though, as uh, Lunel notes, she told him to be Gonder. <laughs> <laughs> yes! And he's trying to 
figure out, you know, what what is the what who are these people called humans? And he's he's observing her eat. He takes her sandwich and attempts to swallow the entire thing. <laughs> like a snake. Which, again, I really thought was going to lead to him having to be taught how to use the bathroom. Yeah, really sure. Yeah. Good, because he does learn you have to eat it in little bites. And then he starts to eat the sandwich he's already spat up, which she refused to touch anymore. <laughs> it's like, it, it should have been leading to the poop gag. I almost wonder if that was in some version of the script and the network, network said no. They were ah, like, that's maybe. a bit much. Yeah. But it gives her an idea. I mean, it's good to not go to a poop joke. Yes. <laughs> However, Beyonder. <laughs> but that gives her an idea. See, just as the Beyonder must eat the sandwich in tiny bites, so must she give Eduardo his tasks in tiny bites. Hmm. Ah, so she just you know, makes like bins of parts and like puts together these extensive binders on how on you know how to assemble this thing. It just kind of leaves him to his own devices, whilst she has to go and fight and uh, save a bunch of people because the Beyonder is just randomly endangering people. Because it's fun. Because he saw her save people, and yes. obviously it is very thrilling to have people endangered. So he's just like teleporting people in front of a bus and putting bombs on people's tables and just being cool, <laughs> doing fun things like. Putting people in mortal peril. Yeah. So so eventually she does end up back at her base uh, with the Beyonder. The money's watching TV and he, he does not understand the human obsession with remakes. The animated <laughs> versions are much better. <laughs> yes. we're, we're, we're biting the Disney hand that feeds us here. Very, very clever. Very clever. So yeah, he uh, you know he he decides that he is going to you know he's going to erase humanity unless you know I'm very impressed with you, Lunella. But what about the least impressive person on Earth, which is clearly your partner, Eduardo? <laughs> According yeah. to you, it's your partner, Eduardo. So yes. so you must somehow make him prove that humanity is worth not destroying. In the silliest way possible, that's convenient and happening right now. The science fair. Yay! So we, we cut back to school. You know, they, they are talking about the Beyonder. He, he drops in and, well, we were, we were just talking about you. Well, of course you are. I'm fascinating. <laughs> yes. He's great. And so Eduardo ends up getting sent on a wild goose chase to find a monkey-themed monkey wrench. No, it's a gorilla-themed monkey wrench because there's a poster that's been in the background for every scene in the school of a gorilla uh -huh. wearing sunglasses. And she oh, stares right, at it. Save like, the gorillas. Gorilla grip something or other four-way. What's this? Yes. And, and he goes out and actually finds the fucking thing. It, it's adorable and ridiculous. And I like that he's come back and he's... Clearly been through some sort of arduous ordeal because his clothes are torn yes. and he's dirty. Yeah, it was obviously not like he must have tried to steal this from an actual gorilla or something. Well, he he says he went to m multiple uh, tool stores or whatever the mm. hell, but he's he looks like he has actually fought a gorilla for this damn thing. It's weird. <laughs> no explanation. It's just a perfect throwaway gag. So, and of course, in his absence, Lunel has just done the project herself and her just wants project. him to sign, just wants him to sign his name to it. And he is very offended by this, as he probably should be. Ah, Yes. And like I said, you, you could understand why she's frustrated with him, but you can understand, you know, his side too. You feel bad mm. for him. Yeah, he just pride. wanted to make a music project. Mm. 
And so, you know, she shows up the next day for the uh, the science fair. And the Beyonder drops by to remind her that he's both all-seeing, see- all or sorry, all bo- both all-powerful and all-knowing. So he knows yes. that Eduardo didn't do anything on that project. Yes. So he turns it into a pile of pickles. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because it occurred to him to do so. I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that the pickle gag ended there and nobody was eating them for like the rest of the episode. <laughs> like Eduardo was just munching them anytime we saw him after that. But we see, we see a couple of other classmates' projects, including a, a pair of girls who have magnets that make them levitate. Giant so. magnets that don't like they just jump. Yes, and they don't what? seem to actually make them. <laughs> no. That seems to be the point, but they don't seem to work. Oh. But luckily, Eduardo drops in, and he is there to make some random junk into his project. Well, he's already yeah. sort of made it. It just didn't turn out as well as he'd hoped. And it, yes. it just looks like something from Kids Next Door built out of random found junk. Mm. So, you know, the judges get there. She makes up some sort of excuse about how it's uh, about, uh, you know, uh, measuring how sound for different objects travels through the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, because she, she decided, oh, yes, we should work together to make your project work, and and now it's like one of those videos where you drop a marble and it runs through a Rube Goldberg device. Well, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it is absolutely like one of those like marble rally toys that I had when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the, I had one of those. There's just like a whole theme of that kind of stuff on YouTube nowadays. Go for a deep dive. They're entertaining. And that's also how um, Tommy Lee Jones makes his super bombs in the totally ridiculous action movie Blown Away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so, uh, you know, the the judges are briefly impressed by this until it just collapses into a pile of junk. Yeah. So the Beyonder uh, shows up and he's like, well... That was the test. You failed. Time to obliterate the entire Earth. <laughs> so in sorry. Fun, in a visually stunning way where, like, he turns everything into, like, blueprint versions. Like, it's... Every object just turns white, blue outline, and starts to float, and the world comes apart. And he, he does this while pulling out some sheet music, which oh. is labeled Symphony Number no. 616. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh. Like each planet that gets destroyed has its own music. And so, you know, eventually the, the Earth is destroyed, the Moon Girl I mean Devil Dinosaur attempts to oh. attack him but is turned into yes. a baby dinosaur. Cute little baby marketable <laughs> devil dinosaur so that I cute. want. Wait, does this show have toys? I haven't seen it yet, but they mo- you have to do a stuffed devil dinosaur. You'd be crazy yes. not to. Yeah. I'm sure they're already like kicking a... themselves because nobody liked that in Human Show and they didn't get a chance to sell a bunch of stuffed Lockjaws. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've only had like one Lockjaw toy, but it was like in a set with a bunch of other somethings. Mm. Oh, was it like um, uh, Pet Avengers? Was it like uh, at one of the conventions? No. Um, I think so. That, SDCC or something? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't get because it was expensive and mostly I just wanted Lockjaw. <laughs> I love Lockjaw. He's like one of my top five Marvel characters, which I now realize is like half animals. (laughs) Uh, But no, 
turns so it, you know eventually they're just floating in the void but hey turns out Piotr just joking just messing with you because <laughs> he loves people's reactions <laughs> yep. he does it's amazing watching humans respond to things <laughs> but uh, you know he says I, we- I I mean I don't know if we're gonna get beyond her in a Marvel movie or at least not anytime soon we're, we're in Kang world right now Kang is also great but it would be great if, like, that's the Beyonders gimmick. Like, he's the villain of the movie, but he's just fucking around with people. It's like, <laughs> no, I wasn't going to destroy your planet. It is. I just like cute. to see your reactions. He was not nearly this fun in Secret Wars 2. No. No. no he was Which just was sad really just, Elvis who can't poop. It's just Jim Shooter's midlife crisis. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, the, the, the Beyonder is very Jim Shooter. I mean, he's not, like, eight feet tall or whatever, but um, you know, there, there's certainly a, an element of autobi- autobiography in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, uh, you know, the Magnet Girls, they win the Wakanda tour, and uh, Lunella and Eduardo get honorable mention. Yeah. Well, as w- Eduardo points out, his invention got honorable mention. She just helped. Yes. So, he, of course, he concludes that he is smarter than her. No, he says Maybe he's as protested. smart as her. Yes. He's now also the smartest kid in school. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this, like, this, no. so yeah this, this really was a fun episode, and I'm, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to checking out more of this show. Also, you get the singing again for the end credits. Yes. <laughs> It is. It's. It seems like a really fun show, and and I will definitely be catching up with it once I finish running out of shows about Pedro Pascal and magical children. I and really love this, but I have so many other shows I need to watch. <laughs> this is definitely pretty high on the list now, though. It, it's on the list, but it's kind of in the middle for me. Because I, I haven't even watched the What If shows yet. Oh, yeah, you need to watch those. Those are pretty yes. great. Anyways, it, it's just, it's so visually appealing, and it, it really is a lot of fun. It is. I um, mean, it's, uh, it's definitely on, like, Spider-Verse level of mm-hmm. just visual goodness, visual fun. Really yes. good. It's very stylized. Lots of singing. So much singing. <laughs> No, there's there's two songs and, and, and it's Beyonder doing all the singing, which is good. It's like it's the a villain lot more singing. singing than I'm most shows. Perfectly fine with this. Yeah, well, yes, but like I have an issue with like a whole musical episode as has come up on Rescue Bots. I suppose. But like just having one character who's really into singing, that's great. Especially like what the hell genre is like the second song? It's like industrial music or something. I, I do not really know music well enough to say. I don't know. It, it sounds great. Like, the music in this is great, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, the visuals, the music, the voice acting, all the, the Lawrence Fishburne having fun. <laughs> so <laughs> much fun. Chewing scenery. It, it's great. Well, because I do love that Q-type character who comes in super-powered god monster just to fuck around with shit. <laughs> to learn about the humans yes. and the food. He does decide that the sandwich is enjoyable. Yes. Once he stops trying to eat it like a snake. 
Yes, this is good. Make <laughs> make much more of it. Make make rescue bots levels of this show. Four seasons. Yes. And so, uh, is there a Tokusatsu corner this week? No, because this is an in between seasons okay, episode, then. and and also I did not like. It's nice once in a while to like not have to watch multiple episodes to review one episode okay. of the show. So it's between seasons. It's like no, no, nothing this week. Just. Talk about the different thing because we could go on for a while when we mm-hmm. have to introduce a new show. Yeah. All right, so that does it for us for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Uh, well, with the fu- with the fourth, sort of third ish, <laughs> the with the final ish. season of Transformers Rescue Bots. Okay. Yes. I guess. Uh, no, yeah, because no. there was the one was a, more of a point five. Is, what did I say? You rescue said rescue bots. bots. Oh no, it is yeah, right, yes. Robots in disguise. Yes, we we're we're still doing the split up. It's this is the last season of Robots in Disguise. The last season of Re- Robots in Disguise, and then we'll move on to the last season of Rescue Bots. Yeah. So many so many shows going at the time. And then question mark, although I think Cyberverse is next. Probably. It's very nice of them to actually put Robots in Disguise up on YouTube so I don't have to like oh, yes, find torrents yeah, that, of this stuff. Yeah, because we had a problem for a while at the end of like last season. It's like, shit, we can't, well, because the first season was easy to find. You can buy that. Afterwards, <laughs> it was a problem, but now at least they're putting stuff up on YouTube. It's Although nice. they're not labeling them by the episode title, which makes finding the right one difficult. Sometimes, yeah, that's really frustrating. But uh, but yeah, it's it's good when people can watch along without having to engage in piracy. Yeah, by which I mean media preservation. <laughs> All right. But uh, if, until until next week, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon yes, and Discord. We... <laughs> unless Discord shits the bed because they've been messing with AI now. Uh. They're they're getting close to getting themselves canceled. Then again, they did NFTs last year, so I kind of feel like Discord has people just wanting to jump on everything. And I'm I suspect in a year or two we'll be talking about AI like we were talking about NFTs now. I would hope so. But yes, we have a Discord. Uh, I need to set up an account for us on Mastodon on Retro.Pizza, which I run. Do do that today, because I think that came up previously. (laughs) But I'm busy breaking things. Busy breaking handheld devices while trying to modify them. You can break Uh, it after you post. I guess, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, also, a good thing about Mastodon, people there tend to be pretty generous with uh, crowdfunding Patreon sort of things, so... We, we may pick up some people there who may never have heard of us over on Twitter. Yes, uh, because, be you know, we got buried under the algorithm for not talking about, I don't know, whatever people were talking about enough for not using the right hashtags or however yeah, they well, do things. Well, on you Twitter. forget to use hashtags at all. Like, for, uh, damn it! Cause, uh, weekly when I retweet them, I keep forgetting to, like, quote tweet or something and put Transformers hashtag, <laughs> which yes. I don't think you've ever done. <laughs> 
I have started putting that on the actual blog posts, but oh. also I need to check because there was just an update that I think broke the activity pub pro- cross posting stuff. And anyway, I need to mess um, with it. More stuff I need to mess Twitter. with. Yeah. Lots of stuff for messing with. Hmm. Uh, so yes, we we have a Patreon for this month. Uh, we didn't have any big movies we needed to cover or anything, so we went to our to-do list, uh, and we found the episode of the original X-Men animated series in which they go to uh, what is nominally Louisiana uh, to... Well, they show a map. It's definitely Louisiana <laughs> on it's paper. It's just like they're not exactly in New Orleans. They're just no. in some swamp in the in, middle of in nowhere. In the bayou. In yes. the bayou. And it's, yeah, the accents are... It's, it's not good. I look forward to talking about the externals, <laughs> by which I mean I never look forward to talking about the externals. <laughs> no one wants to talk about the externals. No. So again, like I was saying earlier, the worst part, the worst age of of x-men as a whole series uh but that's gonna be a lot of fun uh so we will be talking about that over on our patreon uh for as little as a dollar a month you can listen in on that uh that is patreon.com slash iacon underground all right so until next time when we uh when we return to robots in disguise i'm rob I'm Jen. And I'm fighting with Sludge. I'm David. How the hell does his tail work? Magic. Magic.